the therapist is not always ready to carry this relationship and sometimes this may lead to hurting other people it doesn't mean not knowing enough techniques or mindfulness exercises or proper questions you can hurt another person by not being a person enough so to say and this requires some conscious directions in which first of all you recognize your own history your own difficulties Welcome back to Act Root to Fruit. My name is Marcel Tassara, and I'm a psychologist working to unearth the roots of the contextual behavioral sciences so that the fruit that us clinicians deliver is as pristine as possible. I'm really excited to uh, to be bringing in some Eastern European wisdom today um, with Bartosz. Uh, thanks for thanks for joining me, Bartosz. Thank you for yeah. inviting me. Yeah, that's the voice of Bartosz Kleszk. He's a uh, he's a psychotherapist in Poland who's uh, done great work to expand ACT and CBS work in Poland and uh, provide supervision and consultation in uh, behavioral principles and also has a, a, a website for folks in Poland to learn ACT. It's uh, translated as I'm learning act. Can you say it? How, how, does it, how do you say it in, in Polish? Uh, and, um, and organized uh, um, the Lamic Conference, which is going to be coming up here this week, if you're listening to this as it's being published, May 16th and 23rd, uh, 2021. It's a free online conference for low and middle income countries. That is, the, the, the presenters are all going to be presenting from low and middle income countries, and it's free for, for anybody to join. So I'll be putting some links in, in the show notes below. No registration um, required. Lots of stuff going on there. I'm, I'm impressed by your giving ways and generosity and, and inspired. So thanks for, thanks for giving of your time and wisdom today. I'm excited for us to, to chop it up here, Bartosz. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Well, maybe we could start talking about the, the LAMIC conference coming up. You know, the, the idea about the conference uh, came from um, notice, like being quite attuned to economic uh, discrepancies. Like everybody has their own story and uh, their, own, their own things that they kind of like that, 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 that they were challenged by. Um, make people more interested in a stuff that they, they can relate to. And mm -hmm. this is what also brought me to act. Like when I read um, Stephen Hayes papers in like 2008 or so, um, well, um, I really like this fiery um, vibe that was going on. And it fire, was about you change. Say fi fiery? Yeah, fi like very strong, energetic, high energy vibe. Uh -huh. um, and... Um, and this really resonated with me. And uh, in ACBS, there are multiple people who are tuned to um, many, many different uh, issues and discrepancies that we all experience. And for me, uh, economic discrepancies is, are one of them. So around the world, there are, bri there are brilliant people everywhere, but not everyone has uh, similar access to, uh, to training, uh, to knowledge, there are uh, like for example in Poland, there are uh, language uh, barriers 
Uh, many people do not know English well enough to read uh, scientific papers or to publish. Um, so, um, um, like two years ago, I started organizing conferences uh, online with friends. And, uh, and this uh, May, um, like a week from now, uh, at the time of the recording, um, will be scaling up to an international level. So there, there are people invited from, uh, from Cyprus, uh, from Brazil, from Argentina, um, from Poland, of course. Um, so uh, I hope that uh, this conference will be a cool free of charge event that will be recorded and put uh, online that will uh, facilitate um, getting access to cool new information uh, about about CBS. Yeah. So so yeah. From hearts outside uh, of uh, North America. Uh, yeah, outside of America, outside Europe, of, uh, of Western uh, Western Europe, mm -hmm. right? So um, there will be friends joining from also from uh, from Romania. So yeah, um, I I really would like to be a person uh, who gives other people opportunities that uh, they typically might not uh, might not have. And I'm yeah. um, really, really happy that uh, some people agreed to the, agreed to join, and we'll be having like two Sundays of lectures and workshops uh, um, on behaviors, basically. Very cool. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm very inspired by by you all putting this together, and and I mean on top of it, making it free of charge is uh, 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 really speaks to the value of of where this is coming from well um when uh, when i was uh, like as a student um uh, when i was volunteering at the local hospice a psychologist who was working there told me something very very important like if you want to volunteer if you want to give you also need to learn how to take so um um for me this is an exciting opportunity just to organize stuff and i really and i really really like it yeah. Um, it's uh, it's important for me to show other people that you do not really need um, much money and the digitalization, uh, like going online, uh, that uh, was facilitated by the pandemic. Um, it really uh, cr creates, I think, it can create new opportunities for people. You just need a few friends who uh, have something to say. You need to organize uh, a, a bit, and then you have a conference. It's really, really easy. It doesn't take. Uh, basically, the only money involved is that is a for a paid Zoom account, you know. So um, it's. Um, I hope that uh, other people will see not only the conference, but how easy. It is uh, to spread information, to make it accessible, to, to create a community. It's not that hard. Um, you just need to kind of tell people, you know, I have an idea. Mm -hmm. Will you join me? And yeah. some people say yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things, I, like as we were talking before I hit record about, um, you know, therapy and doing therapy online. It's just these a lot of avenues have opened up since the pandemic that I don't think that for me really crossed my mind as viable options. And so this, these, the conference is, uh, the 16th and the 23rd this, this year, 2021. 
I'll put links below for the Facebook group and for the, the conference website. And oh, I wanted to ask you, it's it's will the presentations be in English, all of them or? Uh, yes, uh, this is the lingua franca. So um, okay. uh, it's uh, but but other people have already asked, oh, it will be Spanish or in English. What do you want? Maybe some other people will think about uh, doing uh, conferences in their own languages. This is what we've been doing in Poland, like uh, um, last month. We've already had like the fourth third wave conference uh, and the structure is basically the same as the Islamic conference. Uh, Lamic, Lamic is low and middle income countries conference. Yeah. So um, if somebody wants to um, uh, copy that, please do. And uh, this way you can really, um, how to say, mm, you can find a way for um, to show your interests to people to talk about what interests you and to yeah. bring uh, also other people into that. Because what I noticed, like organizing stuff throughout um, throughout the years that, okay, there are many types of people, but there are two types of people in this context, people who um, are willing to organize something to bring people together mm. and people who will join if you tell them, okay, this is happening. Yeah. Uh, but there were uh, also there were also some situations where, for example, I was organizing some uh, some online meetings, some like group supervisions, and then I fell sick for a month, and nobody picked this up. So those people who um, so those people who kind of organize stuff, they are important because they're kind of like a glue, and they organize this context. So um, if if somebody is listening to that from a country um, that speaks their own language, I tell you this is really, really easy. Just ask a few people and many people will want to join. Okay. Yeah. But speaking of languages, you know, maybe the next Lamic conference will be in, uh, in RFT. <laughs> what do you think? Um, well, uh, there is something I want to... Uh, address here because uh, one of the things that people um, are like so uh, when I was preparing for this uh, podcast um, I was thinking about people relationship to RFT to re relational frame theory mm -hmm. um, but also to uh, the availability of knowledge in general because mm -hmm. like when I stare in this direction um, I see um, like 20 books just lying there and I read maybe um, a chapter from some of them <laughs> and uh, and I wake up next to them and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not like, oh, I have this beautiful, wonderful source of information. No, I ha like, the, like there are two types of relationships. There is something that is for you mm -hmm. and something that is like from you, demanding from you. And... And a lot of time, people uh, look at books and they think, oh, no, I have to read that. And there's another book and they, oh, no, now I, to be a good therapist, I need to know that. Yeah. Uh, for many people, learning about, I don't know, nine types of framing, all this uh, lingo, mm -hmm. um, we'll be talking about row uh, soon, there, there, there are like 23 variables to cover within that. And people are are absolutely scared 
and yeah. their relationship with that knowledge is very aversive uh -huh. um, because they and I, and I have never been taught like this all this knowledge is not to demand from you to climb very very high hill it is for you to help you to aid your um you can call it anyway, like your natural instincts, mm -hmm. your um, willingness to connect with other person. Yeah. Like whenever I apply the behavior principle to my connection with people, I find that um, like my intimacy, my closeness, um, my uh, interest peaks. It does not go down. Mm. And when I'm applying, for example, uh, ROE, row. Uh, to my clinical world, it also happens. And I found, okay, those pr principles, they take my hand and they guide me to a place yeah. in which I can understand behavior as it happens, uh, like right in front of me in a way that is richer, that is fuller, that is closer um, than like then like if i look at myself like from five or ten years ago mm. right now i can form much more closer relationship with people and for many other people uh just looking at those principles they are scared because they are afraid oh no another thing that yeah. will make me demand from myself to be a better therapist or to be a better specialist mm -hmm. so my personal experience with getting deeper into behaviorism is that is a very uh, helpful set of principles that are here for me to guide me in a way that will be more connected, deeper, deeper, full of understanding, right? And um, what I'm responding to here is that this joke, oh, maybe RFT lingo, mm, it doesn't have to be a foreign language, you know? And yeah. it can be a rich, interesting experience to get into that to know that on a level that is more that is uh, deeper than just just basic overview. Yeah, yeah, and and so the guilt the guilt on those half dozen books looking at you over there is uh, mm -hmm. not too inspiring, though. Is what, also what I'm gathering. Well, it's um, it's my behavior. It's uh, like um, like yeah. I caught myself like thinking about like a good metaphor uh, to to describe that and. I thought those books are speaking to me and they say, oh, you have to learn this. But no, it is me speaking to myself. This is my behavior. This is my relationship with those mm -hmm. books. Only when I see that this is mine. Yeah. Um, well, there is this common humanity and so on. And it's a, it's a popular issue, buying books and then not reading them. Why? <laughs> because each single person have their own history and their own like emotions attached to them that make it more difficult to you know just be curious be yeah. interested to uh, explore and see what happens it's difficult when you are in oppressive relationship with yourself mm. um, and it's uh, it's very common but also it's very personal mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah we could we could probably just spend a couple hours talking about uh uh cbs literature our, our relationship to cbs literature <laughs> that we've purchased and uh or, or borrowed <laughs> yeah let's spend those uh those, those few hours in a different way yeah 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 
Well, I mean, on this lingo thing, I do want to mention that uh, one of my first interactions with you, maybe you don't, you probably don't remember this, um, but it was, I think, in Montreal or in um, Sevilla. You were there. Uh, it, it was probably in Sevilla. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. And um, I, it was like a, like, I don't know, we probably must have just talked for a few minutes, but I remember saying to you that I really enjoyed the Follies and I, and I hope to soon enjoy like understand the rft jokes in the follies you know mm -hmm. and you give me a face like oh, it's so easy it's you know it's mm -hmm. simple <laughs> uh you know i don't know it's um it's like 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 my first uh act paper ever it was actually an rft um a paper written by um nicolas Torneke and carmen luciano on verbal rules and um, and for me it was absolutely excited, uh, okay. exciting, yeah. and uh, just to learn like the structure of uh, of what happens inside the human. This is this is what I like in behaviorism, and um, and to really make this appetitive, uh, you need to ask yourself like what do you like, what interests you, yeah, and maybe this will be like this kind of. Uh, very specific and also sometimes very precise and useful language. Maybe this will be, but maybe you're looking for something more poetic. But uh, when it comes to facilitating certain interactions between people, mm -hmm. I found this uh, behaviorist lingo very, very useful. And this is one of the things that like shook the very foundations in, of me when I found this as a student. You can talk about love you can talk about meaning you can talk about uh, your relationship with death using behavioral language it's not only about rats and pigeons and mm -hmm. students so uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and make sense and make sense of it all yes yes and like enhance the depth of your human experience yeah it is possible um, it's it's not the only way. It's a way, and it's m my way, currently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So so let's let's make a let's make a buffet, an RFT buffet. Yeah. What so what would you like? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm always thinking about how this way of understanding humans can help us clinicians think functionally. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if we want to start with some, some rowing or there's somewhere else that, that uh, you're inspired to, to lean on right now. Sure. Because you know, um, like when it comes to the background of uh, rowing, um, one of the things like like historically speaking uh one of the things to consider uh when we want to see ourselves where we are is that um, is the question of is human behavior unique or is it possible to apply it, um, animal based theories to human behavior and in a way it is in many um parts of science and uh, even even in act like the most popular uh, way of analyzing function of behavior, so the role that role that it uh, plays, is to apply those uh, that the ABC analysis, 
that stems like from the 30s, from the 40s, from the animal lab. Mm. And when you look at the act matrix, when you look like choice point, yeah, uh, or just when you attend act uh, workshops, you you have this A, this B, and and the C. And what is important to uh, say here is that um, throughout the decades, uh, many people um, have. kind of approach the issue of analyzing function in a different way. So ABC is not the only way. Mm-hmm. It's probably most popular uh, where we are in CBS. You have like, uh, uh, it's approached differently in REBT. It's uh, uh, approached differently um, in DBT as a chain analysis. So there are many ways. And um, the question that uh, you need to ask yourself is um, how can I um, kind of adhere to monistic, to like kind of strict behavior principles and still to be able to talk about meaning, to mm-hmm. still to be able to understand the behavior of this verbal organism right in front of me that has his own war or her or their Uh, own world, uh, their own history, uh, that is bringing to the table something very uniquely theirs. Mm. Because uh, that person, right, like you, in a way, are sitting in a different world than me, because we have different histories. We have uh, different uh, relationships with uh, whatever we, um, like, whatever signals we process. So ROE is a way. If, and uh, if I could just insert yeah. there real quick, you know, like one of the things I think about is how often now when someone says a word, even in my native tongue of English or babbling like a toddler out there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, oh, so, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I catch myself doing quite a bit is asking people what, what does that mean for them? You know, someone says, I'm feeling so anxious or um, I feel numb, I feel emptiness, whatever the word is. Um, you know, I, I think that one of the things that I've come to appreciate more, that the more that I've I've come in line with what you just said, the more that I want to really appreciate fully what someone means by that, what their experience of that is. Like, if you don't do that, you will be only able to provide help for a person um, in a way that a doctor would. Like there is a symptom and symptom is either good or bad. Mm-hmm. And things are getting either better mm-hmm. or worse. And if yeah. things are getting more complicated, it's definitely not better. You need to keep things uh, uh, simple. There are very, it's very clearly delineated what better means. And, um, and there is, it's a way to work with a person. But for me personally, like if psychotherapy is to have its own specific identity, this question that you ask, what does it mean for you? It's absolutely fundamental. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think it's one of the better questions you can ask when somebody presents with an issue. Mm-hmm. Like how do you uh, approach that? Uh, what do you think about it? What do you feel about it? What does it make you um, do um, any way that would allow you to have even if a glimpse into 
that other person uh, person's world yeah. and this this serves two functions uh, the first function is simply to know the person but there's also like this every good behavioral work is a developmental work work for me so this this um, this question it gives an opportunity to create such space um, in which it is possible to say to other person you matter your own thoughts matter uh, something that if it happens in a good uh, um, in a good family the person learns that he or she or them exist right yeah. you are like being mm. uh, selfing is a behavior so um, one of the functions like even when you are doing a diagnosis even like even even if you are sitting like with a completely new to you uh, person like at the at the session one this question um, tells the person you exist and one of the functions is to enhance that so yeah. being just interested in a person is already uh, a part of a therapy in itself just just because of that mm -hmm. it serves uh, in an important developmental role yeah and, and then they get to have closer contact with something they maybe haven't fully contacted yes yes um like we get so stuck with getting rid of how we feel and sometimes yeah. it's the right thing to do yeah? and some yeah. and and i mean why not but um, one of the um like unhelpful consequences uh, of not being in contact with what does it mean to me is that uh, the the complexity of my own understanding suffers as a result i do not even have time just to sit down and uh, process who i am as a person in this finite life yeah. and maybe like i i, I told you before about this article that people reassessing their relationship to work to money right because of the pandemic it made them just sit with themselves and their own family in a very um, isolated space. And some of those people um, treated this space as a space to think about yourself, about you. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I believe that uh, at least to an extent, it, it was because um, being so cut off and isolated facilitated um, their own contact with uh, how they feel inside the space. And to some people, it ended very badly. And to some other, it was inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some it's ongoing. <laughs> it's still uh, unfolding. Yeah. Yes. It's like one of the most surprising things about the pandemic is how... Um, different the consequences of it are for many people mm -hmm. many people just barely experience any consequences yeah. and many people just died of the disease of or uh, by their own hands right mm -hmm. so yeah 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 it's uh it's almost i, I feel like at times uh I have a grasp and other times I feel like I need another 10 years once it's ended to, to fully, to, to, to really know and see things. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to rest. Uh, mm. is what I found is on one hand, um, I'm doing less work right now. And on the other, it's difficult to feel rested, to feel safe. 
mm-hmm. and to feel at ease, even yeah. if uh, I'm doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. Like like, like one of my re- like one of my favorite research papers. Maybe you heard about that. Uh, like during this research, they made people to sit. I don't know. It was I think it was fifteen minutes or something like very short time mm-hmm. in a room without any other external stimuli. Yeah, and. They do, do you know this research? Um, it sounds. I mean, if, I know. I'm thinking of one. I don't know if it's the one I'm thinking of, though. Uh, they 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 were uh, sitting there, and they had an option to um, uh, kind of uh, like what is what what is the word this word in English to to shock themselves with electricity, mm. and people started shocking themselves with electricity just to escape from feeling yourself and mm. having your own thoughts. Like wow. apparently, if you shock yourself, uh, yes, it was fifteen minutes. So our inner space, and this is very important. Um, by default, um, and when I say by default, is because our society is not tailored for us. It's like a big machine that is not uh, is it is not created for uh, the purpose of human happiness, and mm-hmm. it's not uh, updated according to new the newest research. Yeah. Um, Many people do not even know that this world is not made from themselves. And one of the consequences is that the internalized, I will say it very, gen- say very generally, like the internalized like stress creates a very aversive space to live in. And this is a space uh, with which you wake up mm-hmm. and spend the day with, and then you go to sleep with it. Yeah, you just cannot escape it. So yeah. like, like those problems... Uh, do not go away if you move to a different country. You you travel with them. Yeah. And many people, as it turned out, prefer to even shock themselves, mm-hmm. hurt themselves, mm-hmm. so they, they, they do not have to feel and mm-hmm. think. And then they come to a therapist, and the therapist asks, what does it mean to you? The therapist asks, Looks, look inside yourself. This is important. What is going on there? Yeah. What is yeah. going on there? Yeah. Yeah. And you can, and you can, you can explain it. You can feel it. You know, you can take a kind of savor rather than spit it out. You know, you you cannot tell people to savor it uh, as an instruction. No, because for many people, uh, this will be a total opposite of savoring. You know, but it is possible, and even it is possible. Uh, with worst with uh, worst feelings imaginable, yeah. and it doesn't savoring does not mean it's uh, how to say desired, yeah. right? Yeah. But you can sit down with it and understand this is a part of being me in this situation mm-hmm. as a human, as a person living inside this body. Yeah, yeah. it's possible. Yeah, I think about the difference between, you know, let's say if if um, someone says to you, we need to talk mm-hmm. versus just talking, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's the, the, what I find myself going, you know, I think one of the, the advances I've made and as a clinician is to just, let's go, let's, let's, let's go there rather than we're going to go there because <laughs> that just, yeah. ah, you know. Yeah, like the, the face you made. I'm looking at you and I'm already thinking, I've got like, we need to talk. Yeah, it's, uh, it's awful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, where should we should we go back to the rowing or the RFTing or where? We are actually already inside this topic because okay. uh, what what we are starting with it's uh, like very raw, uh, like R A W uh, type of uh, thing. Like our, we are sharing our experiences, our own general thoughts, and uh, the part like what does it mean to you? This is the uh, R in ROE. This is the relating. This is the meaning part. So. Uh, this model uh, guides you by hand through um, kind of, kind of like how to say it, like di dimensions of an ongoing behavior. Yeah. So um, and it has like two parts. There is this relational parts when you as a human, you are kind of as a, like the definition says, you are uh, talking about or thinking or seeing about something in terms of other things. Yeah. So, for example, for me, it is meaningful here because I conceptualize me, my deistic self, in coordination with um, having a cool experience and learning more about behaviorism and also um, having uh, an interview recorded, right? So, like, currently, as I'm speaking, our bodies are doing a multitude of behaviors. And you can take some of them that are important for us right now to notice, okay, um, your relating might be different from mine, but we are here and those, that relating transforms our experience. Yeah. So this is the very individual part uh, that other people bring. And to know that, first of all, you need to ask the person, um, yeah, what, was, what does it mean for you? But also... Um, you need to know the history of that person. You need to ask, like, uh, what was your relationship with your parents, with your peers? Because what will people do? They will derive, uh, like they will infer from those experiences who they are, whether, whether they exist, mm -hmm. what is important, who is important. So one of the things that um, is very... Um, at least uh, in my ex at least uh, in my experience, very underappreciated in acceptance and commitment therapy is going fully through uh, the another person history. Yeah. Like if you if you look at the first uh, paper uh, about act like making sense of spirituality uh, from uh, 1984 by Stephen Hayes, mm -hmm. uh, like act is much more. Um, consciously built upon uh, like the anas analysis of a spiritual experience that kind of, uh, how to say, transforms your here and now. You are here and then you have this enlightened, unique, transcendent experience mm -hmm. that allows to look, that allows you to look like past whatever is happening right now. There is very little interest in the history of the mm -hmm. organism. There is very, very strong interest yeah. in what happens here and now currently with whatever um, uh, like whatever piece of behavior is coming at me from my inside, from the outside. Do you think part, part of that is kind of a, um, a stance away from psychoanalysis and that kind of thinking? That... Yeah, I do. And, uh, and to some extent, um, probably it's right. But on the other, um, like, for example, if you look at some newer psychodynamic treatments, like 
Uh, do you know uh, intensive short-term uh, ESTDP, psychodynamic no. therapy? Um, it's very, very similar to ACT, but it's psychodynamic. And uh, like I, I get that, I think that their goal is very similar to ACT, but they are doing it in a different way. Okay. Um, anyway, it's like um, many yeah, people, what I, I guess what I'm referring psychoanalysis to is... is Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Like what I want to say, like many people who think uh, psychoanalysis, think Freud, and it's, mm-hmm. I think it's very unfair. Um, it's, 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 it's evolved. It's, yeah, it's evolved. Is like many people who think behaviorism think uh, I don't know even Watson, right? And you know, it's uh, it it is not uh, it is not fair to um, analyze uh, that in terms of something that happens like one hundred years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't want to get stuck there. We, what we definitely didn't want to do is offer people that this very, those very easy solutions. Oh, it was your parent. Well, it was. And what we want to tell people is that um, it would be helpful to understand you better so we know who you are, we know what you're responding to, and also I need to know that. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you have your own history and I have mine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so if you know um, the life situation of the person, you may you may know that that person had their reasons to be perfectionist. You can validate better, and simultaneously, of course, this works always happens here and now, but with a person that you need to understand and this R part in ROE is for relating is from the is is about the history that the person is bringing right into this place yeah without that you will only be able to notice okay so you are numb let's try not to make you numb uh, it's a, it's a very constricted place if you do not know how that other person is uh, like what the other person is bringing to the table. What is the personal meaning attached to being numb, yeah. to being here, to yeah. talking with you, the person who is an authority or a man or um, or like the fifth or sixth therapist that they visited, right? Mm. So this is uh, like one third of those uh, functional analysis. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you integrate this uh, uh, relational part, then, for example, if you know that, say, the person had a history of some kind of maltreatment in relationships, you will be able to look for certain cues. For example, uh, in such situation, that person, like in an interpersonal situation, that person might orient themselves, for example, to what you are doing, what you are saying. For example, they made, even if they do not want to do this. They may just want to sit silently when you are saying, oh, do mindfulness like once every evening, right? They will accept you because their history was that of maltreatment or aggression. And now you are a person who, uh, like the a bigger person than them, mm-hmm. who is saying something. So this is the second part of this functional analysis person will be orienting to certain signals inside of them or what or or outside of them Mm -hmm. and in this sphere 
when those signals, for example, you as a as a therapist, you as an authority, you as not them, you as a, someone bigger than them or more important, um, this will transform in such a way that this will be either appetitive or aversive so uh, to react in a certain way. So, for example, for a person who might uh, have such history, it will be more appetitive to sit like this. Okay, okay, so once a day, not twice, yeah. Um, you will be noticing how they are bringing the history of their own relationships into the interaction with you. Mm-hmm. And this is the, and this is basically the whole model, like at least the, the, the main part. Yeah. What uh, the aspects, the dimensions of, of behavior that are ongoing is that the person will be relating something, orienting or like attending to certain stimuli, to certain cues. And in this sphere, it will be appetitive, aversive or neutral mm-hmm. to do something. And this is basically the crux of this analysis. And within that, when I'm using it, I find that this is really easy to find the function of okay. behavior. That could you distinguish are relating from orienting? Right. So um, I will start with an analogy. Like, um, you know how, for example, let's say, like in a, let's call it like traditional functional analysis, like the ABC model, mm-hmm. like for example, staying silent. This can be both an antecedent, a behavior, and a consequence. No, it, your usage, uh, like your go- your analytic goals, mm-hmm. will um, tell you where do you want to put this part of like this this like chunk of experience that when we speak about it, this is discrete, but in a way we create this discreteness, you know, because like from the whole reality, we are just saying, okay, there's this part, but it does not mean that this part really exists, that it's really separate. Yeah, like one thing could be, uh, I don't know, it can be uh, like a few keys, it can be a separate key, or it can be this uh, red spot. Um, You bring your own language um, to the table um, in such a way that it has to be useful for you. And this is like the, the first thing, like we, are, we aren't analyzing anything real, anything like, you know, like I'm hitting the table, it's real because I can touch it. So, um, so the question is like, what do you need? What do you want? And for example, um, let's say, let's say staying silent. Yeah, let, let, let's analyze this behavior. Yeah, like like, like you, have, you have a person during a session, it's the first session and the person is like this very passive like you're trying to start a conversation it's not going anywhere it's very short yeah Uh, let's say you have such person um that person might be orienting let's say that person is orienting to the silence um this means that this silence has meaning for that person it is appetitive in this moment for that person to to focus on silence and for example, evoking might be looking at you, right? And that Does it have to be is appetitive? No, but I'm just saying, like, okay. um, let's say. I'm just it saying, is... I guess my question is just because they're doing it, there's, I know there's this idea, idea that, you know, just because they're doing it, it's appetitive. If they're doing it, it's appetitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Uh, what I mean, what I mean here is uh, 
they are doing it and on some level it has to be appetitive since they are moving towards like they are choosing this okay. right and and by and but for example what might be aversive is coming into closer contact with you right mm-hmm. again it need, it needs to be useful it needs to help you guide uh, yourself through the through the behavior that is happening right now and if you know about roe you might notice okay that person what i'm seeing is noticing or maybe that person said okay i'm noticing i'm very i'm very uh cylinder on ha 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 um what you don't know what is the meaning of this for that person but you mm-hmm. may start also thinking about this for example um if that person is staying uh, like is replying to me only with uh, what seems to be um very how to say compliant things like if that person is uh, saying like complimenting me but they are not t- talking about the, the themselves right yeah yeah uh, you may say okay that person is is orienting toward what you are saying and toward their own silence yeah. it is appetitive to give you like very very small chunks and really about you or what is uh, preferred but not about themselves there is no real intimacy and probably that person has a history and we are moving to relating in which uh staying like this was very useful yeah and now we have a full uh, full row it might be totally wrong right because you are just you just met that person but you are kind of seeing what's happening mm-hmm. trying to organize that and what row reminds you of is that there is this um personal meaningful space that gives certain specific meanings to this behavior and yeah. uh, the function will be vastly different for um similarly behaving people with different histories uh with different uh, like history of usage of silence or keeping distance in a conversation uh, or maybe they are treating this psychotherapy as though uh, it was like a visit as a doctor doctor is asking questions they are replying mm-hmm. very shortly this also might mean might mean this mm-hmm. um when i try to apply this type of behaving um to the abc model like each each row of a b and c get really fat you know there are like multiple stimuli there are some behaviors so and there are there might be a few consequences mm-hmm. so this is one of the issues that i'm finding with abc model is that if you want to this analysis to be really unique it's it can grow to such proportion that it's becoming not that useful especially especially in the moment yes and so i was going to ask if you could you said in the the the, the, the example of the silence the hmm? You, you you said there was a full row. I'm wondering if you could talk. I don't know if you talked about the E there or, or mm-hmm. did I miss it? Well, there is a difference between a person noticing their silence and the person staying silent as a behavior. Those okay. are like separate instances. And this is a made up example. Um, but um, I might um, I might give you some example uh, of some like realer interaction and maybe this will be uh and this this may, may might be better would that be okay yeah okay so um 
So, uh, for example, um, a client who uh, a woman uh, who I was uh, who I was working with, um, she uh, like I think it's like we worked at that point for one and a half, one and a half years, I would say, and she's uh, arriving uh, at my office, and what she said is that, oh, Bartosz you are looking really angry today. And I was like, I'm not feeling angry. What is going on? And um, I just, okay, I just noticed that. Um, I gave her some remark and we tried to focus on what is important for her and she couldn't. Mm. She tried and, uh, and ultimately she said, you know, I really cannot focus today. Um, it's like, I'm really tense right now. And, and we came back to her noticing me. Mm-hmm. And um, wh- what I had there was that she was orienting to her ten- tenseness, to tension, uh, to her anxiety. And she was also orienting to my face. And she was also might be doing other things. But for the purpose of the uh, analysis, like this was, this was the signal uh, in this interaction. Yeah. And what was appetitive for her, like she was moving toward, first of all, saying that she cannot continue uh, the therapy at the moment. It's difficult for, for her. So, uh, yeah, therapy is working. She, she like, this is a self-care behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also it was really aversive for her to continue talking about her. So what I had here was a bit of orienting and a bit of evoking. Yeah, she was moving away from uh, focusing on whatever happened during the week. Uh, it was more repetitive to indicate to me something is going wrong. Yeah. And, and Ro guided me by hand to the question, okay, I do not know what was going on inside her. But I tried to ask, oh, you know, what are you feeling? What is happening inside of you? Um, so, um, and she was she was very laconic and it did not lead anywhere. So I started to think, if there is something, if there is something historical happening here, um, if, for example, for her, my face as a man and seeing myself as probably angry was enough to shut her down, this means that her relating is that she um, she would be have a complex history of noticing and examining other people mm-hmm. and very uncomplex history of being interested in herself. And this is what was, what was actually we were working uh, working during the uh, therapy. Mm-hmm. So I asked her, if I were really angry, what would I think and feel about you? And the answer just started flowing. And um, people who have this history of violent relationships, of unstable parenting, um, they really grow uh, with a lot of reinforcement coming from taking the ad- perspective of the other. And of course, there is very little place to look at yourself from the perspective of I here now 
I matter, other people matter. And we started, and this was kind of like, for me, this was, was a very like appreciative point because I realized thanks to knowing how people think and knowing like how people, like what histories lead, lead to which behaviors, mm -hmm. I was able to get unstuck in this moment because we started thinking about like, do you see? Like I told her, you can talk about me. And when the situation is um, like makes you feel unsure and anxious, it is very difficult to focus on you. Mm -hmm. And we had some space for intervention. Mm -hmm. So uh, this was a point in which I was very appreciative of learning ROE. And, you know, maybe there are many ways of uh, analyzing this behavior, approaching that. But for me, like going on this, like uh, relating level and knowing different types of relations, uh, especially the dating uh, relations, mm -hmm. it really helped me to get unstuck in this moment because I could respond precisely to her behavior yeah. of me being more important than her. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so this was, uh, um, this was a part when the functional part uh, orienting and evoking was present yeah. and it helped me to get to the relating part of her. Yeah. It's a lovely example. And I, and I, I want to ask about the orienting part. If she wouldn't have been orienting to your face because for historical reasons, she doesn't orient to other people. Mm -hmm. uh, she, she just right. orients to herself. Mm -hmm. Um, and doesn't really, isn't really keyed into what's happening around her. Mm -hmm. um, well, she asked about my face and she mentioned that oh, so she's seeing something. Yeah. So at this point, I had a, like a signal of orienting, but it might be much different. There might be a person who is coming and I'm asking her like, um, how was your day? And she's like, what the fuck do you care? Yeah. So, uh, mm -hmm. that, so and then... Uh, and some clients are like this. Some people are like this. Uh, we can just sit, sit there and like I can sit there with my own anxiety and see a person who is like a volcano and mm -hmm. like um, the wheels start spinning. So, yeah. So um, the question here is that we are seeing that person was responding, orienting to my interest in yes. her. Yeah. Um, but for example, to her, she might be relating that to, for example, being inauthentic, being someone totally different from her, or even being dangerous. And it would be um, appetitive in, under such circumstance not to go into such like fake relationship where I pretend to care for money, for example, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So in a way, what is interesting here for me is that we already have the values of the, like if we analyze the person this way, we have already have kind, I would say kind of values here because what she's responding to, I would say like one hypothesis of this made up client is that it is totally unacceptable for that very angry person to have a relationship where I'm faking anything and I'm pretending that I'm interested in her. Mm. So this is a wonderful basis of like further like inferring stuff. And also what you need is those three points R, O, and E, right? Yeah. 
because I understand that the relating here is that he's a fake. But this is not the end. Being fake has a meaning. It is opposite to something, right? So this is what I like. This ROE gets you in a really creative space where something important happens and you really need to respond now and you need to respond in an adequate way or else the person will get more angry and the therapeutic relationship will suffer. Okay. And, and yeah, I, I appreciate that. One of the, and so one of, I'm wondering about your history of learning and thinking functionally. Do you see this as something you've added onto the ABCs or is it uh, something that has uh, overtaken the, 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 your use of, of thinking in that, mm-hmm. in that kind of three or four term contingency way? Um, you know, it's really difficult to unlearn something. And sometimes uh, situations are so. I'm not saying like the first word. Not according to a recent article in New York Times. Sometimes situations are so straightforward Mm -hmm. um, that, um, for example, a client needs some exposure, right? And it's very easy to conceptualize that in ABC because uh, exposures model, models were based on animal research and so on. Yeah. And just you do not need that. And you can be a good good enough therapist uh, using ABC. And sometimes I use that because this is what comes to me naturally. Simultaneously, what I found is that when it comes to people who have suffered most, who are most difficult to handle in a relationship who are kind of like building themselves uh, through the trauma, through the history of neglect or abuse and so on, um, I found that being able to respond in a much, um, how to say, uh, in a much less, um, you know, like in those Ford factories, you have those, those conveyor belts and there is some mass production going on Mm -hmm. and you can make therapy like this. But for for people who are you are working with uh, within a therapeutic relationship, I found it's very very useful to analyze behavior um, in a more precise way. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm trying to use ROE uh, as often as possible, and also I'm still learning. And sometimes ABC is also useful for me, mm-hmm. okay. and I'm happy that I that I have access to both. Yeah, all right. I appreciate that. That's helpful. Very helpful. Mm-hmm. All of that. Uh, as far as I know, uh, you know, I mean, I think the first place that I encountered the the um, row approaches was in the chapter that uh, Nicholas Turnicky wrote with uh, Yvonne Barnes Holmes and someone else in the Wiley Handbook of Contextual Behavioral Sciences. Is that is that where All you right. would send people to to go learn more about this? Or um, there is a, a much newer uh, chapter. Uh, the book is called, I think, Innovations in Act. It's from last year. With Amal Michael Turek, I think, I think wrote this. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. exactly. And I think the chapter three or so uh, is about uh, ROE. Okay. And I think this is the newest material because really, um, if you are not getting uh, supervision from Yvonne Burns-Holmes or a partic- participating in workshops, you will not learn that actually like uh, this is uh, this is a difficult thing I, I heard that book is in the way on the way uh i think it might arrive to, arrive to later in this year or at yeah. the beginning of the next one but currently it's uh 
like information about that and ways in which you can learn that are difficult uh, mm-hmm. to to combine. I think that part of what you're getting at is this, and what I'm hearing is is so much of getting past the processes of act um, means that we're we're engaging them in different ways and and um, mm-hmm. and that takes a lot of work and and finances too you know to get to get consultation mm-hmm. to get support and to to have a you know free up time um, to to really digest and think about them you know in different ways and um, you know I, I Kirk I interviewed Kirk recently and he was talking about how ineffective workshops are because if you don't get to mm-hmm. work on your skills and and get feedback on your skills like you would in a in a in a consultation type environment or supervision or or even in a course you know an ongoing course so mm-hmm. I, it's been a while since I've I've mentioned this but I want to throw out there I think uh, a really viable way to get deeper into this work is to um, get get together with some friends or colleagues and 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 pool your resources to hire a consultant because then you get to do do things with other people and practice and, and, and get feedback in a small group setting in an ongoing way. Definitely. It's like we are coming back uh, here to uh, what we've been talking about uh, at the beginning uh, of our talk. Um, you need to think in a way that will give some behavioral results that will organize stuff and help people get together. Mm-hmm. Because if like you are having some thoughts, uh, like you in general as, as people, uh, if a person has having some thoughts, oh, it would be nice to have this, but he's not doing anything mm-hmm. with that, um, nothing nothing changes. Yeah. And if you get some people together, it is much easier to achieve very concrete stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, and take take you know, I mean, and that's that's something I think that I I will add to the list of of things that are are I'm active in now that I, I wasn't prior to the pandemic, and that's that's doing group consultation. You know, I have a mm-hmm. consultation group, and um, and we we have hired different consultants along the way, and I, I guess I just I don't know I, I wasn't in my mind to think about before, and mm-hmm. and uh, it's fantastic, it's fantastic, you know, and you know I don't live in I don't live in a Reno or you know some other hotbed of CBS, so. It's what's available to me. Yeah. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you, you do consultation. Yeah. You provide consultation. Yes. Uh, yes, I, I do. Uh, because you discern between consultation and supervision in the U.S. Yeah. Okay. In in Poland, there is no legal discernment, okay. no. so I call it supervision. But uh, yeah. it functions as uh, as consultation. Yeah. Uh, when we use uh, the American. Term. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And what what and you guarantee? You guarantee mastery in three sessions, right? Is that what I I saw? <laughs> Do I? Do I? <laughs> uh, um, you know, because um, like many people struggle with feeling of like being inadequate, and I started doing supervision because one person kind of like made me. Uh, she told me, I will pay you for five sessions of supervisions. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. No, you will give me supervision. And this is, this is how I started doing supervision. Okay. And it's a great experience. I'm learning, I'm teaching. Yeah. Um, it's so easy to analyze uh, behavior without just uh, you know, experiencing all those difficulties that those therapies are 
are yeah. experiencing. Yeah. So no, I'm I'm just joking here, but uh, supervision is a great is a great uh, experience and has been great experience for me. Uh, I love to teach people those principles because then they uh, come back to their clients and they um, they are more attuned first of all to those like very small buildings blocks of behaviors those like duration framing types and so on and the other thing is they are they become attuned to people developmentally and they see a person who looks outside as a person but inside is uh, and this is a word we are not using in act but i would say they are very broken undeveloped human being that was never told that they exist they were never treated as though they existed so they never learned that their own uh, inner world matters and if you notice that if you know the developmental history and you know your like behaviors behavioral rules attached to that then you can create consciously start creating a space in which you can have a normal conversation that does not look like you are doing something on that person but over time you see that person grow because they they have somebody who cares for them who asks for them who is relentless at not trying to be an authority who knows better and this makes people think this makes people feel this makes people derive that they exist and that they matter and that they that they have their own life in which they can really experience consequences of their own behavior and there is no manual for being a human but there is a way to help to build a human psychologically and this is why i I appreciate behaviorism because uh, i don't know how it was 20 or 40 years ago but now it's uh, it's possible to be a very attuned very um mindful human being using this way of thinking I just want to say to people it's possible really I really appreciate what you just said as as, as a a stance um, and uh, it's been really helpful for me to internalize that you know in my own to my own self and and I think has allowed me to be more effective in, in how I how I um, use these tools with other people uh, what you are uh, speaking about right now is your own personal development as yeah, a person. Yeah, 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 yeah. For me, I absolutely agree. Is that uh, because um, there is, um, at least in Poland, um, in, in especially in CBT circles, when where the help is protocolized, is that this part of uh, who the therapist is. Is really minimalized because mm-hmm. to be effective you need to provide uh, a similar protocol to similar similarly group type grouped types of patients and um, and I can see that you can minimize the influence of a therapist this way mm-hmm. but on the other hand uh, I wouldn't be able to work like this but uh, also not working like this, but more responding to the person, uh, like, how to say that, 
when I work with a person without the protocol, but only using principles, it is also more demanding in terms of uh, being attuned to the right experience, uh, just sifting through the noise that is happening. And I know throughout the, the years that many times I, I failed as a therapist because I was attuned to the wrong thing. I was responding to my own behavior, my own history, like uh, me as an aquarium that holds my uh, feelings and thoughts. It was too small. Mm. Um, I, I, I needed times and different therapies um, to help me grow as a human being and other developmental experiences. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very fascinating, but simultaneously, um, it must be really difficult for our clients because they do not know who they are sitting with. And the therapist is not always ready to carry this relationship. And sometimes this may lead to hurting other people, mm. not and and hurting means not um hurting means how to call it doesn't mean not knowing enough techniques or mindfulness exercises or proper questions you can hurt another person by not being a person enough so to say and uh, and this requires some um conscious directions in which, first of all, you recognize your own history, your mm -hmm. own difficulties. Um, when I su when I supervise or consult uh, other uh, other therapists, I notice like they are stuck. They are stuck with different types of clients that I am stuck with. Yeah, uh, other types of people like trigger their insecurities. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, on one hand, we have some common humanity. We are able to feel all those emotions and so on. But on the other hand, you need to really get personal with yourself to notice this is what I bring to the table. Those types of people are difficult for me because without that, you will be working in a very, very general way, you know, like 40 minutes of mindfulness every day uh, in hopes of this little work. And it, and it will work to an extent, yeah. but you will be working with yourself on a very general level, not on the level of you as a human being who might have difficulties uh, on this level, right? So, um, and I think that this is not stressed in ACT enough um, because uh, ACT or FAB are really very into this coordination with other person. Like we are on the same boat mm -hmm. and in FAB you create a lot of intimacy, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But also we are not we are not here as human beings. We are here as people who have difficulties or some specific thoughts that not everyone have. Not everyone had, I don't know, abuse in their early life or were victims of rapes or had psychotic episodes or cut themselves and so on. You know, we are similar and simultaneously we are different people. If we are able to see, to see that, and ROV is all about seeing what's common, but also what is different, then uh, it's easier to, to be like this specialist from this popular story. I think that you might, might, might have heard that, that there was some guy who was um, um, hired to repair some very, very uh, expensive machinery. And he just he arrived, he looked at the machinery, he just turned some screws and asked for $1,000. 
and the the boss was angry and it was five minutes what why what I, what I am paying for so like one dollar was from turning the screw and nine nine hundred ninety nine were to knowing where to to turn them mm. so yeah I think it's like this if you respond to yourself knowing that this is your own behavior you can be much more attuned mm. uh to where you have your own shortcomings but also you can be much more attuned how you are different to other people uh what are your strong sides you know you, you need to, you need some the ictic distinction to be able to be like for yourself to yeah. to, to take full shape yeah yeah i i i I'm thinking about how important that is for us as therapists who tend to orient more to other than ourselves. I think in general, mm -hmm. you know, we're drawn to this. Uh, we, if we were to pool everyone together, we'd find that, that, that that's the case. And, uh, and what you're saying is an important learning point I'm, I'm hearing. Uh, it was important for me yeah. to be able to respond to my own behavior, um, saying to myself, this is mine. Yeah. This is me thinking. This is me behaving. Yeah. This is not typical or normal. Yeah. And I'm not saying that in a in an oppressive way. Yeah. I'm saying that as noticing it's me. It is what yeah. I am bringing to the table. Yeah, honoring that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And now I know if I want to work on something, where need I where where I have my homework in front of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that's, uh, that's uh, key. It's for, for me, for me as well. It's really key for me to, to be <clears throat> um, taking care of this vessel. So mm -hmm. that, uh, yeah, so that I can, I can, not, I, I can kind of not be in the way, so to speak of, of helping mm -hmm. others. Yeah, um, I really like uh, this take, like taking care of this vessel. Like we are living inside this body mm -hmm. and sometimes this body has um, different goals than we have. For example, if we were hurt, the goal of our body will become to increase uh, safety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and to alarm us when the safety is getting lower or even to work as good so that we never need to even feel anxiety yeah. because we are so cut off from uh, certain uh, ways of experiencing our lives. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, this is one level. And also this way we can like infer from that. Oh, in front of me, there is a person who is thinking, feeling totally differently from me in this very situation. Mm -hmm. it's, it is very humanizing to see a per a other person also as opposite from you, yeah. not only unitary to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is uh, I, I'm I'm um, very stimulated by sitting with you, Bartosz, and um, and um, I'm drawn to to say that we we need to do this again, and uh, mm -hmm. and and then and and then also maybe yeah discuss some other other topics. Um, and uh, maybe maybe we can cover that next time. Yeah, I'm really happy how uh, our discussion uh, has uh, flown, you know, and we haven't even covered like half of the topics that we are agreed to. And it, it, 
all right well thanks for thanks for uh, walking with me through this part of the, of the forest thank you for inviting me to the forest but i'm getting stronger they take a piece of me but i'm getting stronger they take a piece of me but i'm getting stronger they take a piece of me